This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, co-founder and CEO of Visionary Wealth Advisors. I'm excited today. Anybody who listens to this show knows I love to talk baseball. And now today, I'm going to talk to uh, James Lowe, a.k.a. Coach Ballgame. How you doing, Coach? I'm really good, Brett. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's awesome to have you. It's, uh, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with your story. Uh, you know, About a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, I was at a Zoom call. Uh, I'm not name dropping here, but this was a board meeting that I was a part of, Joe Buck, uh, was there and and he was speaking and he said, "Hey, for any of you that have kids and want a good follow on Instagram, follow Coach Ballgame." And I'm like, so I immediately go to the Zoom deal or the Instagram during the meeting. I look you up, I hit you up with a message, and now here we are, about a week, week and a half later, and Joe Buck's the man. Hey, Joe Buck is a a name I drop constantly just because I love the guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I met him through a mutual friend uh, playing music here in L.A. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's super passionate about baseball. But yep. what I didn't know was he was super passionate about kids and growing the game. And when he started following me on Instagram, um, you know, we just became good buddies. And he's really opened some doors for me. Uh, he's uh, flown to New York and and tried to. Uh, get MLB to bring me on as a coach for their play ball camps. And, um, you know, he sent me to St. Louis. I got to interview Ozzie Smith and got his autograph right nice. here. Um, you know, Joe Buck's the man. And and I don't think a lot of people realize how funny he is and, and how much he, he wants to grow the game. He's got those twin boys now. So um, I love me some Joe Buck and, I love me some St. Louis. Amen. And I know, I mean, unfortunately for you, you you were forced to grow up as a Cubs fan. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, I did. I grew up in North Carolina where there was no teams to root for, not in Tennessee, Virginia. You had the Braves, you had the Orioles. But for me, I would come home from school when I was seven years old, make a big bowl of applesauce, and I'd watch the entire Cubs game on WGN. Yeah. And Harry Carey, you know, he won me over pretty quick with, um, with his antics and just his voice and his energy, his passion for the game. Andre Dawson became my favorite player, uh, still is to this day, well, all, all time. And that was my youth. Uh, uh, Harry and Steve Stone were the soundtrack to my youth and um, fell in love with the Cubs, uh, watched a ton of Cubs-Cardinals games, uh, and – the funny thing is, as I'm still a huge Cubs fan and got to meet Joe Madden and Anthony Rizzo and um, shake their hands, I've met way more St. Louis Cardinals. Harrison Bader, 
Oh, yeah. uh, I got to do an attaboy challenge with him and I got to interview Ozzy and Albert Pujols, uh, who uh, obviously has great ties to St. Louis, Jim Edmonds, Tony La Russa, uh, Al Roboski, the list goes on. But man, St. Louis, as Ozzy said, uh, when he uh, when I met him, he said, St. Louis, great baseball town. <laughs> and, uh, and then he got in his car and drove off. But um, yeah, I think Ozzy and Joe uh were the two people that just kind of opened my eyes to people in St. Louis love baseball and they're really good people because Ozzy he didn't treat me less than when I was interviewing him or asking him about drills he did as a kid um and Joe same way <clears throat> just they don't treat me less than uh, I, nobody knows me uh, you know but they uh they saw my energy and my love for uh, coaching kids and they related to that and um, I'm grateful for them. That's awesome. Well, I got a good Andre Dawson story. You want to hear it? Please. I've got a great Andre Dawson song for you that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so I was in college, I was a bartender in Mattoon, Illinois, a place called the Alamo Steakhouse. And Mattoon is a big baseball town. And my buddy, Matt Cornell, he's running the, the, uh, it was the Cal Ripken world series. Have you ever heard of that? And so yes. before Cal Ripken did it up in Baltimore, somehow Matt in Illinois got the rights for, I don't know, two, three, four years to host the, the tournament and they have tournaments, you know, teams from all over the world. And so they would bring in these celebrity baseball players throughout the week. And well, one night, I think it was a Sunday night, Matt, my buddy walks up and he says, Hey, is your Budweiser cold? I said, well, yeah, of course, it's always cold. What, 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 what's, what's your question? You know, and he's like, Cal Ripken Jr. is going to be here in about five minutes. I said, no way. It was Cal Ripken Jr., Matt Cornell, myself, and like two regulars sitting at the bar. And this is before, you know, social media, before everybody had cell phones. It's a sunny night. There's nobody sitting there. We're hanging out, watching ESPN. I'm serving these guys some drinks, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, another person shows up. Another person shows up. We get a city ordinance that we get to keep the bar open to like whenever they want to shut it down. So I'm bartending by myself and in walks Andre Dawson, in walks Vita Blue, all these people and ends up being, gosh, probably 150 people in this bar and me serving drinks to these guys. And it was one of the best nights of my life. Cal Ripken Jr. walks up, gives me a hug. He's like, you're awesome. Hands me three $100 bills and he walks out. And I'm like, incredible. But Andre Dawson, Vita Blue, all those guys, what you just said, man, they just were there. They're normal humans, but they were huge stars back in the day. I mean, still are. Right? Yeah. So cool. And a, a, a big reason why everybody should wait tables or attend uh, bar at some point in their life. I always Amen. tell any kid I meet, wait tables because it teaches you social skills and it teaches you how to multitask. Yeah. I waited tables for 10 years uh, at a place called the Warehouse Restaurant in Marina Del Rey. And same thing. You know, you get to meet some stars once in a while. John Elway, yeah. uh, I got to meet him and Adam Sandler and Kevin Nealon. Um, but same thing happens, you know, they're just yep. regular people. They just right. want a steak or they just want a drink. And um, yeah, pretty awesome story there. Though. Cal Ripken Jr. and Andre, I, right. I'm interested. Uh, were you able to shake any hands uh, oh, yeah. at that table? 100%. Yeah. Oof. Shook hands. Any, I've got a menu from the Alamo Steakhouse. Sorry, Nancy and Ken, if they're listening to this, the owners that I think I stole a menu and, uh, but it awesome. says to Brett, you know, what a great night, Cal Ripken Jr. And it was phenomenal. 
I'm always interested. I, you know, COVID's kind of put a pause on this, but I love shaking hands of everybody I meet um, just to see like the, a major league baseball hand because yeah. they're so big. And yeah. the, the biggest I've found is Anthony Rizzo is kind of like a bear just swallowed me up. Yeah. But when you think about all the power they have with that bat, a lot of it's just right there in the hand. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that really, um, that that puts a nice mark on on meeting these people is giving Amen. them that good shake. So I hope that comes back one of these. Days. I do too. I do too. Yeah. But we could talk baseball stories all day long. But let's let's talk about who James Lowe is, who Coach Ballgame is. For those people that may not know your story, uh, you don't just wake up and start you know coaching these things and interviewing Ozzy Smith and doing this. You've had to work hard and take risk. But but who is James Lowe? Who is Coach Ballgame? Well, I uh, grew up in a one horse town in North Carolina called Ashboro, just south of Greensboro. And I had a big backyard, small house, big backyard, two older brothers uh, and a dad that were sports crazy. So they would teach me all sports, basketball, baseball, football, horseshoes, all of it. And I was the youngest by a good margin. Uh, So we would always be playing uh, sandlot baseball in the backyard, trying to hit tennis balls over the house. And my mom, she did everything else. She did the cooking, the cleaning and, and, yeah. and making sure we were all good boys. Um, so that's where I fell in love with the game. Uh, I played through school, got a, a chance to go to Brown university and play four years there. Proud to be the captain uh, there. And I was kind of the, um, you know, middle of the pack talent, but sure. I just, I threw a lot of energy into the game and I would jump into walls and dive over tarps and do whatever I needed to do to, uh, to get a starting job. And uh, that really opened up every other door since just going to Brown and meeting those uh, great teammates. Um, it got me to LA where I, uh, I, I studied business econ and I studied theater arts at Brown um, and really not knowing what I wanted to do I went to LA and I had a job coaching youth baseball camps with a friend of mine, Dan Spring, who actually played with the Cardinals for a year uh, and then uh, moved to LA to start coaching kids. I also wanted to pursue writing and acting and improvisation. So uh, LA was the spot. Spent 10 years there waiting tables, uh, auditioning, uh, uh, but the through line was always coaching kids. And then I met my wife, uh, who's an Orange County gal, we set up shop here in Orange County, and I've been running my own camps and clinics and what I call sandlots uh, for five and a half years now down here. And um, thank God it just keeps growing um, to where now I'm in a different town every day uh, after school programs that I call sandlots, just dropping bases down and, and coaching the game and um, thought about being a teacher obviously worked hard to be an actor and a writer, uh, but I, I think I get to kind of marry everything that I love, which is playing drums, music, uh, creating, writing, poetry, being an artist, coaching, and baseball. I get to marry it all into one job now, uh, which is coach ball game. So, yeah. And so um, talk, talk about that because again, there's a lot of people that coach baseball out there, but now you're talking about drums, music, poetry, and baseball, and from what I've seen, the research I've done, you're, you're doing camps completely different than what my kids go to or I went to as a child. It's here, go here, and here's how you're going to learn to hit, and here's how you're going to learn to throw a ball. 
by all that stuff. And, and so, but you're doing it completely differently. You're trying to change the game. Right. And, and I don't think it's, um, uh, it wasn't born from, uh, Hey, let's try something different. It was born from stories. I was being told by parents, Hey, my six-year-old is going to give baseball one last try. And I'm like, what do you mean one last try? I didn't even start playing till I was eight. Um, and they said we had a bad experience with a coach. There was a lot of pressure, a lot of negativity. Uh, and I'm like, man, that they're not able to compartmentalize that and, and, and in a healthy way until they're at least 13, 14. And for me, it was college. Like I couldn't yeah. really handle pressure until college. So they're not mature. You just want them to come back. You want them to come back next year and realize that that patch of grass with those pillows on the ground and this ball and this stick, uh, it's, it's a birthday party. It's super fun. So, um, I, I'm, I try to be the first coach any kid has just to introduce them to how much fun the game can be. Um, I've always loved drums. So I started setting up a conga uh, or my drum set in the on deck circle. Uh, one, it gets the kids out of the dugout because, you know, they, they like to, especially at, at a young age, four five, six, um, they, they like to not pay attention. So get them out uh, playing the drums. And it really sets this vibe, this energetic vibe, um, from the dugout and from the on deck circle that baseball is really fun. And, uh, uh, another thing that coach ballgame stands on, uh, on top of being fun is building character and positivity and kindness. So when you've got a kid wailing on a conga, uh, in the on deck circle and they're cheering positive things, all the other kids see that. And they're like, Oh, I guess I need to be positive. I need to be kind. I need to have fun energy. And everybody jumps on board. So um, the baseball skills, the learning how to hit, very important to me, but it's down the list. Uh, I want to make them a better person, and I want to make sure they're having a ton of fun. Uh, and I want to make sure I relate with each one of them, uh, connecting with, with them. Uh, name drop salute. I got to meet Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, through Joe Buck. And uh, I said, hey, what's your advice to me? as a youth coach, he said, connect with your players, uh, connect with them, F find out everything you can about them before you teach them how to hit a baseball. And so uh, what I do is give them all a nickname based on something they love or something about them, their favorite player, their favorite food. And so I'm up to, I don't know, 10, 20,000 nicknames in my lifetime of dishing out, uh, you know, combinations of their favorite player, their favorite cereal, Grizzly bear water slide, crime frog, raising Arizona. One kid comes up to me and says, coach, I want my nickname to be eternal desert boy. Cause I love the desert and you know, lime Stewart's. And uh, it, what, one thing I really love is seeing the different nicknames in different States, right? In California, you get a lot of skateboard surfboard, yeah. um, uh, things that have to do with avocados. And then out in Louisiana, it's all about uh, gator, gator skin and gumbo and uh, shooting rifles. And uh, it's it, it pretty cool to see all the differences. But the reason for that is very important. And I think it's the most important thing I teach to any of my fellow coaches is spend 10, 20 minutes, if you have to, on nicknames. Because each kid feels heard by their coach 
And um, you as the coach can really relate to them and find out how they tick because you've got different kinds of kids on a team of nine. Usually you'll have three or four different groups of kids, skill level, shy, gregarious, all across the board. So um, that connection is, is super, super important. So yeah, the, 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 the coach ball game stands on building character, having lots of fun, and then building those skills um, in a fun kind of engaging different way. And that's where I can bring in poetry and song. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good for you. I mean, I think it's cool. It, it, to me, it sounds like you're following your passion. I mean, when you hear on the surface, I'm running baseball camps, and then you hear all the stuff you're doing, though, and you're doing stuff with Major League Baseball and, and, and other baseball you know, players and in all these cities and, and states around the country. This is more than about baseball, right? So, so oh, yeah. what's the purpose behind this for Coach Ballgame? Yeah, well, that's what really stuck out to Joe Buck is that it transcends baseball and it can uh, it can build communities. And for me, I think my ultimate goal before I get too old is to be able to hit every state at least and and maybe even every town and and just what I've noticed about how the sandlot and the positivity that uh, comes from these sandlots, how it impacts the kids, the parents, the communities. It, it's so great. It's extreme makeover, uh, Sandlot edition, and, and parents become better parents, uh, coaches become better coaches, and the kids fall in love with being outdoors and playing sports uh, because they've found this new forum of, of weight. This is, this is super, super fun. There's no pressure to succeed uh, because I look through the lens of M- Am I making them come back next year? And am I making them a better person? I try to look through that lens with everything I teach. So um, the impact it has in Orange County, that needs to go all over the place. So, I mean, my goal is to get a network, get somebody to fund me in a dumb and dumber shag and wagon where I drive around the country and I drop bases down in different towns uh, and I just run my sandlot and we find a coach ball game in each town that can kind of carry the torch and, and, um, and spread the positivity because uh, with social media now uh, and, and with the shutdown, I was able to run live YouTube PE classes in my backyard and I started to see a lot of people in a lot of different states, like responding to it and, and really digging the fun vibe. So um, amazing how fast the world can become so much smaller, isn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. It really is. When you've got somebody in uh, Denmark commenting on your YouTube, Hey, I love, love the way you teach these kids. It's like, well, I guess I got to do a sandlot in Denmark now. Uh, and, and you start to think, well, they don't even play baseball there. Uh, I could introduce the game to them. Um, but as you said, way more important than baseball. It's not even about baseball. It's about, um, it's about finding the joy in life. And Amen that, uh, that's, that, I mean, that's my purpose. I, I figured that out at about the age of 32 uh, that, yep, um, My parents put a lot of time and money into my Brown education. Um, And here I am waiting tables and coaching little league, but there was a bigger purpose. And, and now we found it. So uh, mom and dad love that. When you say mom, dad, I know I went to, you know, a phenomenal university 
Yeah. And I'm going to run baseball camps and wait on tables. Yeah, that exactly. And here's the deal. It went really well yeah. because they're different. Love and support. And they had that support. They, they just saw it. I mean, th- I think they saw what, what my wife saw and what Joe Buck saw, which is, you know, this transcends baseball, the, this energy, this positivity, it's necessary. And um, yeah, th- they just saw, I couldn't be behind a desk and I couldn't be indoors. And I, I had to really chase my, my dreams. And, um, and so they supported it 100%, which is awesome. hard to do when you're, you're throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars into that guy right there. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, um, that's, that's my folks. That's right. I love it. Hey, I got an idea for you. Maybe you've already done this, but why, why would I not have you come to St. Louis? We have a charity, my wife and I swing for hope. Why would we not have a sandlot for hope? We get some local baseball players involved. We raise a bunch of money for cancer and we make an impact. What do you think? I think it'd be rude not to. I think <laughs> it would be rude not to. And I've, I've already run one uh, in St. Louis and absolutely loved it. And so it's time to do it again. And uh, I'm we'll, in. we'll make it big and maybe we can mix in some golf too. I'd love to do that. I love it. I love it. Uh, so let's talk about this Rod Crew story. So you and I were talking before we started recording and you just so nonchalantly, is that his ball right there, Rod Crew, Or that's well, the bat? No, n- right? no this, is, uh, this is Luis Clemente. And we'll, I'll have to tell you that story. That's Roberto's okay. son. Here's Ozzy, the wizard. But this is Rod Carew, uh, the bat. And you see HOF 91, Hall of Famer. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite, if not the favorite story I have in my book. Uh, I want to set this story up if that's all right. So, uh, because I think this is important for people to to peel the onion layer back to talk about this. So, so you randomly are at a gas station. Yes, I go to a gas station or whatever. Well, it was bubble gum and I never go into this gas station. And for some reason, uh, I have a sandlot that I run in Laguna Hills. That's about 300 yards away from this gas station, but I never go inside. Sometimes I'll get gas, but I won't go in. But I was like, I'm craving some bubble gum. <laughs> so I go into the gas station and I had just been to Cleveland for the all-star game. And they had these hats with the rock and roll hall of fame logo on it. So I get uh, behind a guy that looks a lot like Rod Carew. And then he turns and I see the hat and he's got a Minnesota twins uh, jacket on and his face looked like Rod Carew. And I, the only thing I could say is cause I was standing right behind him is, you're Rod Carew. <laughs> he said, yeah, he no said, kidding, buddy. Thanks a lot. He said, yeah. He said, yes, I am. But immediately it wasn't like, uh, I'm going to walk the other way and, 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 you know, not talk to this guy. He just engaged and he's like, I am, what's your name? And I said, I'm James. Uh, I'm running a sandlot down the road. Can I get your, I mean, I was just fanboying it up. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't even know what I was saying, but I went and got this bat. He signed it. He was actually waiting for his car to be washed because that's where he gets his car washed. So we, we had some time to sit down and, um, and I just got to talking with him about baseball and how I was at Cleveland for the all-star game. And a couple people came up and asked for an autograph while we were sitting there, but I got to sit down and really chat with Rod Carew. And a couple of times he, he kept asking, where's that sandlot that you're running? I said, it is right down the road. You take a left at the next light. And wouldn't you know it, 
after about 10 minutes of running this sandlot, here comes this car and there's Rod Crew, and he just sits in his car and watches the game for a while. And then I say, okay, time out, guys. Uh, Go into the shade for a team meeting. I got a special guest. (laughs) And here comes Rod Carew. And he had the heart transplant. So he's got this, uh, you know, bag and this device that he's got to keep his heart going. But he walks over and I say, okay, these kids, um, some of them uh, play baseball. Some of them, this is their first time. But only one kid really knew who he was. All the parents they were going nuts. You know, they, they were videotaping and all this. He talks to the kids for about 20 minutes, uh, tells them all about, you know, why they should play baseball and what they should listen to, uh, as far as what the coaches say. And then he signed autographs and, um, it was actually his birthday the day before. So we sang happy birthday to Rod Carew and we're walking off back to his car and he turns to me and he says, Hey coach, uh, are you here every Friday? I said, uh, yes, Rod Carew, I am. He said, you'll see me again. Oh. And then he got in his car and he left. And it, I, I, I made a video about it on my YouTube channel. You can see it and you can see him talking to the kids. But uh, that Hall of Famer, um, you know, he, he gave me a real life field of dreams moment where if you build it, they will come they really will. You know, that's not just a great line by a writer. Like when you build something that you're passionate about and you love, they're going to come and, uh, and they've come in droves, you know, they, there are many major leaguers past and present that want to grow the game and engage kids. So I'm in the right business for, for that kind of a story. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. And it's so cool because it, it does take risk, I think, for you to even just say you're Rod Carew, right? I mean, definitely a risk uh, to do it. And I've, I've never been afraid of that. I think that's a blessing from probably my dad. Uh, just uh, just go get it, uh, whatever it takes. Why not, right? It. Why not? Exactly. And um, it takes guys like, again, the name drop Joe Buck guys like that, that believe in you to give you that confidence to say, you need to go up to Rod Carew and say, Hey, you're Rod Carew. Right. And so when you've got people that are in your corner that believe in you, it really, um, it really gives you that extra boost. One last thing about Rod Carew. He held this bat that he signed and I'll never forget because he loves to hit and he loves, <laughs> he, he, he slowly put his fingers on the bat. And he just says, mmm, uh, <laughs> just like a yummy, you know? Oh, yeah. man, it was so memorable. But he was bringing yeah. So, so talk about that passion. Because, again, if people have to show up and if you build it, they will come. That is correct. I, I a thousand percent believe in that. But you have to build it. And so walk us through that building stage for you when you're taking something completely different than in just a normal baseball camp, right? Um, there's, there's a million baseball camps that Rod Carew could go to any baseball camp in the country would let him come to this, right. And let him talk for 20 minutes. And this just happened from a visit, visit at a gas station, but let's go back right to the stuff where you were getting kicked in the teeth, right. Where you were getting knocked down and people were telling, you, no, this is a bad idea. Uh, your wife maybe even saying, Hey, do you think this really is going to provide for our family? Right. Maybe she didn't say that. I have no idea, but those are the thoughts, right? When people are driving down the road right now and they're listening to this or they're exercising, those are the things that we hear from people, right? 
why are you doing this, Brett? Why are you leaving a good job that you had and going to take a risk with a wife that's eight months pregnant with your fourth child so you can go start Visionary Wealth Advisors? Is now the right time? No, it's a terrible time. What do you say to that? Well, for me, uh, I have two things to say. I needed a push to even go be coach ball game from my wife needed a good push. Uh, and secondly, I was a bad coach first. Like I, I, I was not a, a good coach. I wasn't a positive coach. I was kind of coaching kids like they were 18, uh, but they're only five or six or seven. So they weren't having fun and I wasn't having fun, but I'll start with the, the push. And I'm sorry, did I, this start because you had a kid at that age that you wanted to do it? Or what made you like coach baseball? No, no. Uh, Originally out of college, it was just a a paying gig where I got to be on a baseball field and you know, it, it, I didn't have to wait as many tables. Uh, I was able to, you know, be on a baseball field, but at, at no point prior to the age of 30, did I say, I want to be a youth baseball coach for the rest of my life. No, Uh, I wanted to write. I wanted to play music. I wanted to be an actor. Um, uh, and and this was just a paying gig that was really fun, uh, where I got to you know have some fun and engage kids with my wackiness, and I got to be on a baseball field. But uh, the actual push from my wife to to go all in with this with Coach Ball Game, I mean I I didn't want to do it. I was kind of scared at first. I was like, well, right now we're in a safe place where I'm doing some private lessons and I'm waiting some tables. And I'm kind of the right-hand man of this guy that coaches these camps. And she's like, you've, you've got something. You can really start your own thing. And, and um, you know, this coach ball game thing can be bigger than baseball. She saw it and she pushed me. And there were practices where we'd see uh, driving by and she's like, you should go pass out some flyers. And I'm like, no, I'm nervous. I don't want to do that. Mm. And I think about that, that me you know, 10 years ago. And I'm like, what was wrong with me? Because now I'll go anywhere and I'll say, Hey, you should come to my thing. Here's a flyer. You should come. But back then I was scared and I needed uh, Mrs. Ballgame is her nickname, Tara Jean Lowe. Um, She really gave me that shove. And she, she basically gave me an ultimatum. Like you're going to go all in with coach Ballgame, or I'm just going to leave. And, uh, (laughs) and, and, that was that. I was like, okay, I got to do this. Cause I've, I can, I can get really comfy uh, where I'm at and it, it can be hard for me to go elsewhere. And I needed that shove and she saw that. So how many people showed up to your first camp? What's that? How many people showed up to your first camp at the first camp here in orange County, there were probably 12 and, uh, two people paid because 10 people were family nieces, nephews, cousins, friends. Um, so, uh, we just started a, a one week summer camp in 2015, 12 kids. Um, and that was right when my oldest daughter had been born. So, um, uh, you know, that, that becoming a father, uh, it really, uh, kind of pushes you turned my volume up. Yeah. yeah I, it's time for me to really do this. So, uh, up until last year, I was I was going all over, even up to LA to do private lessons while I was building this sandlot and building my camps. But uh, MLK Day, we ran a camp in Orange County and we had 73 kids. 
President's Day on Monday, we had 70 kids. Uh, I've got uh, 18 sandlots per week going now. Uh, and so two what is PE that sandlot? Sorry to keep interrupting, but I just no, no, no. so important. So what is this sandlot that you have 18 of them going? Yep. So I'll, I'll drop bases down at a sandlot that has a backstop and there's thousands of them all over the place. Um, so just that, a normal baseball field. Yep. That are empty. And a lot of them don't have dugouts, but there's the backstop. And it's yep. like, why is that backstop there? And why is nobody out there? So um, on Mondays, uh, I'll go to one part of town and I'll coach a beginner's group, an intermediate group and an advanced group. And it really is all about fun, fun, fun. Because and what I did you do? To I'm going to see... keep interrupting. I apologize. Please. But so what did you do though, to get somebody to show up and pay you money? Because you are this much better baseball coach than the, the guy or gal down the street that's, you know, got them inside a indoor hitting machine and doing all this stuff and mechanics. And how do you get people to show up to that? What'd you do? Yeah, just uh, word of mouth and, and slowly, uh, very slowly. But, you know, with that first camp um, in 2015 of 12 kids, they told a couple of friends and the word started to get out. Hey, this is a uh, this is another option to to Little League. And what I started to notice in Little League and especially in travel ball is this elitism and this you have to only yep. play baseball all year. You have to have the best equipment. You have to be really good and experienced at the game. And I did not like that at all. So um, when a parent really came and told me their kid wants to quit baseball because of that elitism, and then another kid comes up to me at one of my camps of 14, 15 kids and says, my coach won't let me play soccer because we have to play baseball year round. That was it for me. I said, I've got to create a once a week thing where they can show up, learn the skills, have a ton of fun and still go be a kid and play basketball and soccer and other sports. So that was the origination of the Sandlot. And I had one a week going at a location five years ago. And then as the years went on, as the seasons went on, we, we found a new location and we just built and built and built slowly, but it's really been all word of mouth, uh, with the little help of social media, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but the word has really gotten out during the shutdown because yeah. all little leagues are, are down, uh, and not a lot is going on and we could still, uh, get the sand lots going. Um, you know, we kept everything safe and we kept the kids, separated and we check temperatures and the coaches wear masks um and we were able to you know still sustain these fields that we were using and it's grown and grown and grown to the point where um in april and may we'll do two pe classes and 18 sandlots per week uh in different towns and we're able to kind of divvy it up beginner intermediate advanced but yeah a slow burn uh, and a lot of private lessons using a floodlight behind a McDonald's with wiffle balls um, from the years of 2010 to now, uh, you know, to put man. food on the table as we built this thing slowly. So awesome. I mean, I have so many, I have thousands of questions on that stuff. Oh yeah. I, I just, I just unpack love it away. because it's to your point, man, you had two people that paid you to do this where some people would give up. You're like, ah, it's cool. I want to do baseball. I want to play the drums and do all this stuff. But man, it, this is a lot of work. And it just, I think it just, whether you're a coach baseball, you're a visionary, you're a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, 
you know, a, a stay at home mom or dad, it's hard freaking work. And it's showing up every day and getting through the crap and doing it anyway. Yeah. And no doubt about it. Staying positive is, is it can be really hard. And, um, for me, I just, I had people that, that pushed me, that believed in me. And right about the time, um, the rubber m- met the road, uh, is, is when Mrs. Ballgame just said, go do this thing. Uh, th- this is big. And, and, and I see, she saw it, she saw what it could be. And it was, you know, it's all thanks to her. And like I said, my parents just, just believing in me to do it, but yeah, uh, many nights of driving from Orange County up to LA and doing, you know, 10, 12, 14 lessons a day, just to, uh, get by kind of hoping one day, maybe, you know, I can run my own little league or my own sandlot league. And now it's really starting to go, so, but, but there there's, there's strikes and gutters because, uh, uh, Joe Buck opened up a door to, to run camps with MLB two years ago. And, uh, we were shooting content, interviewing Harrison Bader and, uh, Whit Merrifield and MLB players and uh, creating content and I was running camps for them and then the shutdown hits and it's <laughs> all pushed on pause so yeah. um, uh, you know the the face of of youth baseball as we were trying to create coach ball game to be was just nothing so um, I, I I do have this eternal optimism kind of I look at everything half full uh, and you know, sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's not, but for, for this job, it's very great. I just said, well, I'm going to get in the backyard and I'm going to do a live YouTube PE class every morning because no kids are going to school. They need to be active. That's right. And we created this and we did 80, we did 80 live PE classes. Sometimes I'd bring in, uh, major leaguers to, to teach us how to throw a fastball, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, a coach in New Jersey that could teach us how to really field a ground ball correctly. And uh, using, uh, you know, YouTube and Instagram live, we were able to, um, you know, just stay afloat. Yeah. And then things started to open up here in Orange County where we could get back to in-person activities. And yeah, uh, we're, we're ready to, to, crank it up this summer. I, I always go to North Carolina and run a camp in my hometown every June. And then the rest I do here in Orange County. And um, it, hopefully we'll be able to go to St. Louis soon. That's right. We're going to make it happen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do our listeners find more of uh, Coach Ballgame, man? This is, I mean, it's an unbelievable story and we could go on and on. I know that, but wh- where do we find more of you? Somebody wants to learn about you. They want to hire you, whatever it may be. What do they learn? Yep. Uh, well, I think Instagram's probably uh, the first place to to stop. If you got Instagram, I, I post videos um, on everything, on instruction, on how to teach kids, how to engage kids, how to run effective practices. Uh, some are funny where it's me in the backyard with my jean shorts dancing, uh, you know, it, it uh, all across the board, uh, some wacky, some serious but that's a good representation. You get a lot of pictures and videos of my camps and my sandlots there. Coachballgame.com. That's where all my blogs and my podcasts are. I've done some interviews with some uh, major leaguers and um, we, we kind of unpack 
uh, a lot of different things on youth baseball and coaching and engaging kids blogs uh, at registration for all my camps is found at coachballgame.com. And then the YouTube channel is, is where um, my long form videos are my interviews with Rod Carew and, and Whit Merrifield and Joe Buck and Ozzy Smith. And all those are, are found on the YouTube channel. And then you got Twitter and, and even TikTok. Uh, where I, I've gotten a lot of kids to uh, learn the game of baseball with, you know, dancing and things of that nature. So I uh, to get my I, kids to look you up on TikTok. I'm not on. TikTok. I know. There you go. Give it a follow. There'll be some hitting baseballs and dancing on there. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, yeah. listen, James, it's been awesome having you a coach ball game, as I should say. It's been awesome having you. Let's definitely stay on here. And let's connect about getting you to St. Louis absolutely thanks for having me all right i said we were done but we're not done we we got one more story that we want to talk about not we you you got a great story you want to talk about talk to us about that baseball right there well it's a good problem to have i guess to have uh, uh too many stories but this is roberto clemente's son luis and my grandfather was from puerto rico and he gave me a book when i was really young about his hero roberto um and i've got it way up high there beside my Rod Carew book, but um, uh, he just, uh, he loved, you know, what, what Roberto meant to Puerto Rico. And he specifically said, pay attention to what he did off the field. So Roberto has kind of become um, this spiritual figure at all of my camps and sandlots where I always tell his story to all the kids. Um, And I've written a poem about him, written a song about him, um, uh, you know, Roberto, you're my hero. You used a lemon for a ball and a stick for a bat. You showed respect for your mom and you worked hard for dad. You're my hero. That's the chorus to this song I've written uh, about him. But all the kids, uh, they've they've gotten to go home and Google Roberto Clemente because of my camps. And, you know, their parents will go find a Roberto Clemente baseball card and show it to them. Um but that meaning, and Adam Wainwright just won the, the Roberto Clemente Award. Good. That uh, Ozzie Smith has won that. Um, and the, the, the meaning behind just being kind uh, and, and transcending the field and, and being a good person, I really think that's what Major League Baseball stands for. And, I, uh, you know, that's why 21 needs to be retired, uh, the number. But um, I got to sing that song to Luis in Cleveland. Uh, at at the all-star game he was there and without fail every time I tell the story or sing the song a plane flies overhead 100% of the time so I'm singing this song a plane flies overhead to Luis Clemente and uh, the the last verse is so when I asked my grandpa Tony what made him your hero 3,000 hits hall of fame why was he the pride of Puerto Rico I noticed a tear in his eye He said, when sweetness took that jersey off, he so proudly wore, he loaded up planes full of gifts and he gave to the poor. And Clemente was his name. And, uh, you know, Luis was crying. I I was tearing up because it just felt uh, cryy. And uh, afterwards, you know, we hugged and he said, from dad to you. And I just got, you know, those chills that you really don't ever get rid of. And, And then he signed this baseball but um, the, the, I think life's kind of, when, when I'm on my deathbed, life is going to be those pictures and those quotes 
of from dad to you and uh, Rod Carew saying, you'll see me again. And yeah. Ozzie Smith saying St. Louis is a great baseball town. Um, th- that's what's going to shine, uh, you know, and my wife saying, go be coach ball game. So um, that was another one of those moments that I'll cherish. And, uh, and now kids all around the globe know who Roberto is, uh, you know, not because of me, but uh, I can help that. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can help M- MLB kind of um, just grow more of a, a, a Roberto Clemente vibe of, of, of being kind to other people. And that's what baseball should stand for. We're making um, it fun, right? This is, I mean, again, with four boys, I see the side of baseball where it becomes less fun sometimes because of the expectations yeah. of sports and everybody running around. It's like, man, alive. Just looking through the wrong lens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, look, I've been the blessed with Roberto. good coaches. You know, my kids have got great coaches and we keep it fun. And, and, yeah. uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I see it through my kids, through other kids. It's just, it's a crazy world. that's out there. Yeah. Is, that, is that guitar in tune by any chance? Are you going to sing? Man, it, it is not, but, uh, it's still worth, it's still worth a good look. I do need to tune it up, but um, <laughs> it's worth a good look. So you can see Guy Gilchrist, who painted all of the Muppet Babies and Sesame Street characters. He put, Albert. He's got Albert on there. He's got Kermit the Frog. Um, he's got Count, uh, and he's got Big Bird there. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a bit, definitely a bit out of tune, but... Uh, I promised you an Andre Dawson song as well. So it, it, it out of tune goes like this. I love you, Andre Dawson. I love you, Andre Dawson. I love you, Andre Dawson. You're my favorite player. <laughs> so that's there you the go, chorus. Andre. But, uh, there you go, Andre. There, there's some more to it. Uh, um, talking about his, uh, his days of being the Hawk and, uh, making it to Hall of Fame, but uh, yeah, man, oh man, uh, Great stuff. pretty cool stuff, huh? Well, we will put your uh, all of your stuff where to find you in the show notes, and uh, we'll share your YouTube channel and all sorts of stuff, man. I doing my research. I just love your energy. I have no doubt uh, that you're going to be helping Major League Baseball. And as Rod Carew said, we'll see you again. You're, we'll, we'll see you again for sure. There's no doubt about it. Thank you, brother. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.